Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26, we're continuing seeing what we're calling the sayings of Peter. And we're looking at selected statements from Peter. And of course, our goal is this, if I can get it to work, is that we would understand the context of how he's saying it, see what's going on, and then seek to make application in our lives. That's really the plan. That's what we want to do. And for the last few weeks, we've been seeing this special time when they were in the upper room, right before Jesus Christ goes to the cross. Uh, he had his men in what we call the Passover meal. He made some changes. He talked. We talk about it. We call it the last supper. Uh, this is before Jesus rested and tried. In the upper room, he did two things. He taught about servanthood and cleansing. He taught servanthood, but he washed their feet. Basically say, as I wash your feet, you wash others. In other words, you serve others. And then he talked about cleansing, and we went and saw a good bit. In fact, we spent like three lessons on the whole idea of cleansing and that the fact that he uses different words. He says, if you have a bath, you're completely clean, and that's eternal life salvation. He says, but as you go through your Christian life, you get dirty, so to speak. And so he says, you do you wash a certain part. And so we saw in the upper room discourse when Jesus washed their feet, he was really saying, you've all believed, you've believed in Christ, and you're washed all over. However, certain parts to have fellowship with me is to be cleansed. And so we saw that. And so uh, that, that was really good stuff. And I think we went about three or four lessons going through that whole section. Well, as we continue now, uh, we're going to see that they're, um, they're going to leave the upper room, and they're going to head toward uh, the, you know, the Mount of Olives, and we're going to see, I, I call this the sad part, because we're going to see Peter's failure. Now, up to this point as a whole, Peter has done great. When Jesus said, who do they say I am? They said, what do you say I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter messed up when he said, we won't let you die, and all that kind of thing. But uh, this morning, uh, we're going to see something that uh, can happen to any of us, and it's the idea that if you put your confidence in yourself, you will fall. If you put your confidence, your strength in God, you can make it. Peter's statement, when we see it, Peter's statement of confidence in himself and Peter's failure, because he actually denies Christ. He, he runs away. And so we're going to focus on, on, on that. We're going to look at this aspect of it. And as we look at it, so I want to raise these two questions. One, where do we put our confidence as we seek to live for Christ? Is it in ourselves or is it in God? Where do we get the strength to live the Christian life? Is it in ourselves or is it God? Now, we all know the answers to that. You'd answer it. We'd just say, oh, no, no, we put our confidence, uh, we put our confidence in Christ. He's our strength and shield. What, you know? And yet, uh, I guarantee you, Peter probably knew the same thing. And so what, what happens? So we'll talk more about it. So where do we put our confidence? I, um, a lot of times I love sports, as you know, and sometimes you turn on television and a guy does a great play, does something great, and they interview him after the game, and he says, I knew my team needed me. I knew I could do it. I knew that that was why I was here, and that was... And, and then some of them will say, oh, I just, first of all, want to thank God for this, but some of them will say, you know, I'm just... I, I knew my team needed me. I knew that I knew that I could do it. And sometimes you wonder, oh, where, is there confidence in their self and their abilities, or is there confidence in God? Because in the, in the sense is that all of us come under that whole aspect of God. Here's Jeremiah... And here's what he says. Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Because you're real smart and you know something, that's not your boasting. Let not the mighty man boast in his might because you're strong and powerful and all that. That's not where you boast. Let not a rich man boast of his riches because it's real easy to say, look what I have. But let him who boasts boast of this. This is what you put your confidence in, that he understands and knows me. And what is that? That I'm the Lord capital O, capital, the L-O-R-D, all capitals, 
the personal name of God, I am the Yahweh, who exercises loving kindness. That's the word hesed, which means a love that never changes. If you're going to boast, boast that you understand and know that I am the eternal personal God who loves you, who does justice and righteousness on the earth for our delight in these things, declares the Lord. If you're going to boast, who do you boast in? Boast in the Lord. You don't boast in yourself. But he says, but if you boast, he says, you don't boast in yourself. Your source of confidence is that you know and you understand the Lord. That's what it's really about. And so as we continue this morning, we see the sayings of Peter. We look at Peter, and I hate to say it. I mean, it's sad to say it, but Peter's source of confidence is himself. And we'll find it. We find it that uh, Jesus says, all will desert me. Peter says, I will not desert you. Who are you going to believe there, by the way? Right? Think about that. And so we're going to see that. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Take heed lest you think you what? You stand that you what? You fall. The moment you start saying, I won't do that, or I'll never do that, or you could actually say, well, I don't think I would ever do that. Wrong place, wrong time. There's no telling what could happen. Let's see what happens when we as believers put confidence in ourselves rather than in God. Now, what has happened? Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. That showed servanthood. He's done the cleansing and confession, and that shows the whole idea of fellowship and all that kind of stuff. And now we see the sad part, the sad part of the study, the life of Peter, and that is this. When you have confidence in yourself, there's always failure. When you have confidence in Jesus, there's victory. That's what it boils down to. So we're looking at Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35, as we continue with the sayings of Peter. And this, this t- ties together with his next saying as well, and we'll see that one. This saying, this one is, I'll never leave you. And then we know Jesus says, well, you're going to deny me three times. So we'll see how this ties together. So look what happens, <clears throat> Matthew 26, just go back to verse 30. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. They sang a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. I want you to understand that they're in Jerusalem. And if you go outside Jerusalem, you could go through what's called the Eastern Gate. You go out that gate, you go down a hill, which is the Kidron Valley, go up a hill, and that hill that you're going up is called the Mount of Olives. And, and, and there's a place on the Mount of Olives called Gethsemane, which means the place of the olive press. And so they go there a lot. In fact, that's how Judas knew exactly where to find Jesus because Judas has already left. He's gone to get people to arrest Jesus. He knows that Jesus is probably going to the Mount of Olives at the Garden of Gethsemane, and that's why they're going to find him. It says, after singing a hymn, they went out of the Mount of Olives. What were they been doing? They've been having what? We call it the Last Supper. They called it the Passover meal. And right in the middle of the Passover meal, Jesus said, see this bread? Uh, This represents my body. See this juice? This, one, this represents my blood, sacrificed for you. So as often as you drink and eat this, you remember my body and my blood. That's what he did. And, and by the way, there were four cups that they drank at the Passover meal. And they drank two, then they had the meal, and they drank two more. With Jesus, they only drank three. And the very last one, he says, I will no longer drink this until we do it in the kingdom. So... Jesus didn't drink all four cups in the Passover meal. It's saying to us, one of these days, we'll all be together at a meal, and we'll drink the fourth cup then. Often called, the fourth cup is often called the cup of redemption. So we'll see how that ties together. It's really beautiful. So they leave. After singing this hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and as they're on the way, Jesus said to them, 
You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall scatter. But after I've been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. So he says, you're going to all fall away. Everybody's going to fall away. And these are strong words. These are guys that have been with him for how long? Three, three and a half years. I mean, some of them have been with him from the very beginning. And, and they've watched him. They've been with him. They've seen him do his miracles. They've seen him do everything. They believed in him. Uh, he's just served them. He's told them about washing feet. He's told them about fellowship. And he's walking with them after singing. And he says, uh, you will all fall away because of me. Because of me. Not, not because something you do. Because something that's going to be about me. For it's written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after that, I'll be raised. And so he goes actually to Zechariah 13 verse 7 and makes this quote, quotes this verse and makes the application. Because basically he's saying, this passage refers to me. And he says, he quotes the Old Testament, uh, they will strike the shepherd. He says, uh, I will strike down the shepherd. The shepherd is Jesus. And the striking down, he'll be killed. And then the sheep, that's his disciples, shall be scattered. So he says, what's going to happen to me is you're going to, I'm going to get struck down and you're all going to run off. Now, let me just say something and we'll see it in a couple of lessons. It's a good thing they ran off because he didn't mean for them to stay there and get killed. He meant for them to run so they could serve him later. We'll talk more about that when we go through a little further. But Jesus says, oh, by the way, you'll all fall away because of me this night. This night, right now, just a little bit. For it's written, and he's quoting Zechariah 13, 7, I will strike down the shepherd, that's me, and the sheep, that's you, of the flock shall be scattered. But Jesus said he's going to die, and they'll be scattered. But notice, I think they missed the last part of what he said. Because they don't even bring it up. But notice what it says. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. I don't think they heard it. There's more. He says, after I've been raised, I'll go go before you to Galilee. Jesus will die and rise again and meet them in Galilee. That's the plan. I don't think they hear the second part. I don't think they hear, I'm going to rise again and meet you in Galilee. What they heard is, I'm going to get struck and all of you guys are going to run off. Now, we know Peter, and, and Peter's the leader. Peter has the strongest personality probably of all of them. Uh, John's the youngest one. Uh, Peter is probably the the most powerful personality of all of the 12 because he speaks all the time. He's he's the leader. On the day of Pentecost, he stands up and does the message. Uh, He's just that guy. And he's the one that said, if it's really you, command me to come out on the waves. I mean, he's that guy. And so he says to himself, wait a minute, you're telling me they're going to grab you, get you, and I'm going to run off? I don't think so. So Peter said to him, verse 33, look what Peter says. Even though all, all these other guys, they're not like me necessarily. All these other guys, even though all may fail and may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. He says, I'll never fall away. Let me ask you something. Are there certain sins that you will never do? That you say right now, there are certain things I would probably never do. You better put the probably in there, okay? And the truth is this. If you get us in the wrong place at the wrong time, there's no telling what we would do. And and we're going to talk more about it. But Peter says, I will never fall away. 
Think about what just happened. You have Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the perfect one, the one who knows all things, past, present, and future, right? That's who, and what did he say? You will all go away. We have Pete, who's just kind of normal, <laughs> who's sinful, who's a fallen man, and he says, I will not. Now, who are you going to believe? Think about it. You're going to believe Jesus Christ, who never lied. He's God. He cannot lie. Everything he says comes to pass. Everything he does is right. And then you've got us, our Peter, and if you just put us in the wrong place at the wrong time, we're going to mess up. And so who are you going to believe? Well, if we were just standing around, we'd say, Peter, you are the one that better watch out what you're saying because Jesus said you'll fall away. You said you won't fall away. I would bet a lot of money you're going to fall away. <laughs> right? Because that's it. Who do you believe? Has Jesus ever said anything that didn't come true? Think about that. You know what he said? I'll give you eternal life. When did you get eternal life? The moment you believed. You have it. He promised it to you. You have eternal life right now because Jesus Christ promised it to you. We always say the message he died and rose again, the response is to believe, but the offer is what? Eternal life. What did he offer you? Eternal life. He said, the moment you believe, I give you eternal life. You'll never perish. Nobody can pluck you out of my hand. And so, is he always right? If you were to say, I might could lose my eternal life, you know what you just call God? Just call Jesus? A liar. And I hate to say it, but Peter just said, I'm not falling away. And, and you could see Jesus saying, are you telling me that I don't know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. He says, I will provide for you. Has he provided for us? Always. He provides everything. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches, glory in Christ Jesus. Will he protect us? Yeah, he said, you kind of have to fear what men will do. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Why should you fear what people do? He's always there. That's his promises. I think Peter is trusting himself because in Peter's mind, he would say, I would never do that. I would never do that. I'm sure in your mind, in my mind, we say there are certain things I would never do. But you don't know. You don't know till the time comes. You don't know till you're in a situation. You just don't know because we're not God and we have a natural bent to sin. We'll talk more about it in just a second. So many trust Christ for eternal life salvation, but they trust themselves in the Christian life. I know a person, I talked to a guy, and he said, you know, salvation is by faith, but the Christian life is law. I went, what? He said, you believe in Jesus and you're saved, but he has all the laws and the rules that you live by. I said, no, no, you don't. You know, we don't live the Christian life in our power. We live the Christian life in his power. So where do we put our confidence how are we going to go through our Christian lives and live righteously and godly to make a difference for Christ? It can't be in ourselves. You can't say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to live right and I'm going to do this because it won't work. You have to say, Lord, take my life. Your power through me. Give me wisdom and as I go through this life to live for you and to, to serve you. Because in Christ there's victory, but in self there's failure always. John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing, absolutely nothing. You can't do anything. So, trust in self, failure. Trust in God, victory. 
We see it in the nation of Israel. We've been seeing it as we look at uh, the Bible and First Samuel and Second Samuel and First Kings, and we're seeing all the times that every time Israel trusted in themselves, they lost the battle. And every time they trusted in God, they won the battle. Every time we live in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have victory. Every time we live in the power of the flesh, we have failure. Happens every day. So where's our source of confidence? Right now, I hate to say it for Peter because we love Peter. And, you know, he, he's all over the Bible and there's a, for a reason. God took this man and used him to be an amazing man of God. He is the one that gave the first message. He is the one that took the message to the Jews, to the Gentiles, and to the Samaritans. Peter did. He's the one. So when you look at that and go, Peter, you, you're dumb. No, no, he's amazing. He's just overconfident in himself, which happens a lot. So look what happens in verse 34, because Jesus gets real specific. Jesus said to him, because he's saying, you know, Jesus said to him, to who? To Peter. So verse 33, Peter said to him, to Jesus, even though all may fall away because of you, I'll never fall away. So then Jesus said to him, Peter, truly I say to you that this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Now, Jesus is really specific, right? He doesn't say you're going to deny me sometime. He said, you know, somewhere down the road, you're going to mess up. He says, tonight... Three times you will deny me. He gets real specific. Now, deny doesn't just, it doesn't, I mean, deny has, is actually going to say, I, I don't even know who you're talking about. I don't know anything about him. I have no part with him. I'm not a part of whoever, I mean, uh, I've heard about him, maybe. No. Before this night is over, you'll deny me three times. I'm sure Peter would say, that is not going to happen. In our minds, certain things that we will never do. Let's raise this question. Would you ever murder somebody? Maybe. Uh-oh. I'm going to stand over here. <laughs> Bonita's ready to kill somebody right now. I mean, no. <laughs> the truth is this. Would, would most of us in this room say, I would probably never murder anybody? But you don't know. You don't know. If whatever situation you might be in, you never know. Let me ask you this. Would you ever, would you ever lie? You know, we yeah, but, but let's say somebody said, well, I, I really wouldn't lie. Would you lie to save a life? Yeah, so we, you know, we just don't know. So he says that before this night is over, not somewhere in the future you're going to mess up, tonight, this very night, Actually, before the rooster crows, before the, before the morning light's coming, you're going to deny me three times. Truth is this, in the wrong place at the wrong time, we're capable of anything. How you feel about yourself right now? <laughs> we got history, so we're not that bad. I mean, well, we are, but anyway, that, we're just the best we can do. Peter, Peter comes back, notice his confidence. Peter said to him, I like this. So Peter says to him, I won't fall away. Jesus says to him, yes, you will. Peter comes back and says, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same things too. Now, let's don't get just on Peter because everybody else says, we not. Well, no, we would not either. Now, let me ask you something. When they came to arrest Jesus, what did Peter do? Put out his sword. Listen, he's going to die with Jesus. He just said this. 
listen, uh, I will not deny you, even if I have to die with you. He said, when it comes down to it, I'm going to stand and fight for you. I will not deny you. And when it all happened, he pulled out his sword, cut the guy's ear off. And Jesus said, put your sword up, fix the guy's ear. And and see, the denials hadn't come yet. Peter thought, I did it. I'm willing to die for Jesus. And then what do they do? He goes to the house of the high priest. John gets him in. John's rich. James and John's daddy was wealthy, obviously, and they knew the high priest. And so John had already got in there, and Peter couldn't get in because he doesn't know anybody. And John comes back to the gate, which now I'm sure Peter's wishes had never happened, but John comes back to the gate and says to the servant, let him in. I know him well. And they let him in. And I guarantee you, if you said to him right then, you think you're going to stand for Christ? He's not even thinking about it. He's not even thinking about it. He just wants to see what's going to happen. The old saying is, he is following Jesus at a distance. Don't follow Jesus at a distance. Get as close as you can get. So, I will not. I will die before I deny you. Peter's trusting in himself. And Peter believes this. He's not lying. He's not boasting. He's saying, I believe that I would not do this. There are times in our lives we think I would not do something like that. Do we know ourselves? Romans 7, 21, I find this principle that evil is present in me, the one who wishes to do good. In Romans chapter 6 and 7, Paul talks about the battle of the Christian life, the problems going on back and forth. In Romans chapter 7, he says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do, right? You ever felt that way? You ever done something you don't want to do, but you do it anyway, and the things you want to do, you don't do, even though you want to do them? Because that's because you're a fallen person. That's because we have the flesh. Paul says, I find this principle that evil dwells in me. You have evil in you. I have evil in me. We are capable of evil. You see in history, evil people who do evil things. It's because people are evil on the inside. We are. Don't let the side guys say, you're born nice, and then somebody teaches you wrong. No, you're born fallen. And even as a believer, we still have the natural bent to sin. And Paul says, I find this principle of evil is present in we. We're evil on the inside. I hate, I mean, I hate this part. Are you trusting in yourself? Um, I mean, I thought of things like, do, do I study before I teach or just say, oh, I can do it? Do you do, do you you have an opportunity to share your faith? Do you do it in God's power? You think you can just share your faith? Romans 7, 18, nothing good dwells in me. Now, I have to stop because the verse goes on to say, that is in my flesh. The part of you that's called the flesh, there is no good in there. Never wants to please God. Your flesh does not want to please God. And anything that your flesh would do that even look good is look good for the, for a, for the wrong reason. The Christian life is not lived in our power because there's evil inside of us and there's flesh inside of us. And so we walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit and we'll what? Not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's how we have victory. 
And so when we say to ourselves, I would never do that or I would never do that, listen, we're capable of anything, put us in the wrong place at the wrong time, put it, out, put it in our brains, put it like, what we have to say is, look, I can't live that way. I've got to walk in the Spirit. I've got to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I've got to be filled with the Spirit. I've got to live in God's power. I've got to die to sin and live to Christ. I died and rose again with Christ to a new life. I've got to walk worthy of the call in which I've been called. I've got to live out who I am. I've got to live in God's power because if I don't, I will sin. I will do things that I never thought I would do. And Peter blows it here because Peter's confidence was in himself. And he says, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. And Jesus said, no, you're going to deny me three times before the night is over. I'll not be tempted in certain areas. You think that's a stupid thing to say? Good gracious. Uh, well, I think I can handle it. You can't handle it. Only God through you can handle it. When you walk worthy of the calling which you've been called, when you live in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have victory in the Christian life. If you don't, you'll sin, and you'll, and you'll do things that you would say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't think I would ever do something like that, or I didn't think I would ever think something like that, or I didn't think all of that. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. And that's not talking about things like saying, oh, I can be a pro player, or I can be... No, he's saying, I can live this Christian life. I can do all things that God has for me to do as a believer through the one who gives me the power. That's how we live the Christian life. And any other way, any other way they'll fail. You know, I mean, does everybody in this room know this, right? How many of us experienced this? Raise your hand. If you, if you hadn't raised your hand, yeah, you're a liar. And then you've experienced it right then, right? <laughs> Think about it. Wow. So what happens when we have confidence in ourselves? There's failure. And I hate to say it, but, you know, in just a couple of weeks, as we go through that, we're going to see it. We're going to see. They go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and they, they arrest Jesus. And what do they do to arrest Jesus? Jesus said, you'll all fall away. And what do they do? They all fall away. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. And what does Peter do? He denies him three times. So what we want to do is we want to go through life, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit strength to live. That's how we live. We want to walk by faith, which means we trust the Word of God. We understand in Colossians 2.6, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. We received it by faith, so we walk by faith. And then we live in obedience to the Word of God. And as we live in the power of the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God, we can have victory. And what we say is, it's not me. I'm not the source of strength. I don't have any confidence in myself. And I know that if in my own strength I tried to live for God, I would fail and the temptations would get me and I would sin. But if I live in the power of the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God, I can have victory in the Christian life. So, as believers, let's realize we're capable of what? Any sin. And you may think you're not. You may think you're not. And I hope we never get to a temptation to something that, that we're going to do something that we thought we'd never do. But we are. Any sin, we're sinners by nature. We're capable of any sin. That's just the, the problem. And so if we put us in the wrong place at the wrong time, we oftentimes will do the wrong thing. Let's not put our confidence in ourselves. It can't be in ourselves. Take heed lest you think you stand, you what? You fall. You're going to fall. We put the confidence, if we put our confidence in ourselves, 
there's evil in us. We're fallen people. And so we put confidence in our great God. I don't know if you look at this, and since we don't know what could have, you know, God knows anything that could have happened that didn't happen. Well, what if Peter would have said, oh, Lord, uh, I'm going to fall away. I don't want to fall away. Is there a way that I don't fall away? Is there a way that I don't fall away? I'm, I, I know I'm weak. I mean, I, we don't, what could have happened? I don't know. We just know that Jesus said, according to the Zechariah passage, I'm, the shepherd's going to be struck and the sheep are going to run away. So it's real easy sometimes to think, I can do it. But you can't have victory. Our confidence has to be in God. He is our strength. He provides and protects. He'll never leave us or forsake us. What should we fear?